Hi, everybody. Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain. I'm back here with uh, the guy we used to call John, but now we're calling Bob because I used John yesterday in another <laughs> call. And uh, John is a friend of mine from Hong Kong who gave us an update on the coronavirus uh, and um, has new information, new experiences that he wanted to share with us who were obviously quite distant from, uh, well, being closer to this uh, outbreak. Um, Bob, thanks so much for taking the time today. What's going on at the moment? Thank you. So uh, if I can start from uh, what's happening just near me. Um, so uh, I have a confirmed case uh, actually uh, in the very building that I am uh, I live in. Uh, I'm not exactly sure which floor it was, but I did see the uh, police and the uh, ambulance come uh, uh, take take the person away. Um, it is quite surreal, to be honest, to be to have like a, a confirmed case like out of all the you know out of all those apartment buildings in Hong Kong, like it has to be mine. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's on one hand, it's uh, it is very scary uh but at the same time i f i feel that um the fact that i uh i don't think i have any symptoms yet uh makes me feel a you know a bit snug a bit uh, uh confident in in my preventative measures for example i i wear a respirator when i go out uh i'm looking for goggles uh, because I understand that the eye protection is actually quite important uh, from the aerosols. So the name of the game is to reduce aerosols uh, exposure uh, to mucous membranes, uh, such as the eye, the mouth, the uh, the uh, nose, uh, and uh, and avoid touching things. Uh, so I am starting to consider wearing gloves when I go out, uh, when I go to the grocery store. Uh, and uh, basically, whenever I, I uh, tr touch anything, so for example, the uh, uh, an uh, escalator button, uh, I would try to use a pen or or some other object instead. Um, so, yeah, I would say it's uh, it's it's quite surreal. Um, I, I can see that people are definitely tensing up uh, and being extremely cautious now. Uh, Almost everyone I I can see uh, outside is wearing a mask, except for maybe the runners uh, in the park um, or the 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 people who are just taking a leisurely walk with their dog. Uh, speaking of uh, dogs, actually, um, for pets, actually there is a case uh, or a suspected um, uh, how should I put it. Uh, source that that uh, states that actually uh, pets uh, such as dogs, cats, and other mammals can actually be infected with the coronavirus as well. Uh, however, uh, they may not be symptomatic, so they may not ha display symptoms. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they're not dangerous, because they can pass it on to their owners, and they can pass it on to other pets. And or just spread it in, spread owners. it in the neighborhood as a whole, right? Yes, exactly. And so uh, it just so happens that uh, we actually do have a uh, public health issue for many years uh, in the uh, in the nearby park, where uh, I would say the 
the the dog owners have been very uh, irresponsible. They have more or less let their dogs roam free and and uh, pee at every lamppost and and a corner, and uh, that I would say leads could be a quite a serious issue uh, for uh, in this epidemic. Uh, speaking of parks, actually the the nearby parks. Uh, uh, all the playgrounds are actually uh, uh, sealed off now because they don't want the children playing in them and uh, touching things. I think the the uh, medical term for this is called fomites. So they don't want this 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 fomite exposure and and people contacting surfaces and then and then uh, wiping their their nose and then getting infected. So all these public facilities, swimming pools, uh, libraries, uh, playgrounds, uh, and and so forth are, are all sealed off now. So I think there's a lot of gyms that have closed, although I'm not sure about the private ones, but the public ones are all closed. And well, yeah, gyms can be, because uh, everybody touching the same equipment with sweat and so on, gyms can be a real transmission. And how is the work situation? I mean, you mentioned that you're working from home because of this. Another friend of mine says that uh, the offices in Shanghai have been instructed to, like by the government, to not have workers come in for at least two weeks. Uh, It seems like everything's kind of grinding to a halt, except for, of course, the feverish preparations for the medical emergencies. Yes, indeed. I understand that the um, in the mainland it is more government driven. So the government uh, will give direct orders to businesses and tell them to to uh, to do certain things like uh, shut down the offices for two weeks. In Hong Kong, I think we we don't directly have that, but the most employers, especially the uh, the civil service, uh, so the public servants, uh, and some major, uh, I think, telecom uh, utilities, such as uh, the electric companies, uh, such as uh, the CLP, one of the largest ones uh, in in Hong Kong, are actually just just temporarily closing their their offices. And I think uh, all you know office staff are basically working at home. Yeah. Right. Now, a friend, another friend of mine, was telling me uh, he sent me a message saying China is actively wiping video from the internet which display how bad the situation is in Wuhan. He saw one video of bodies lying in the street and people falling over, now it's gone. And uh, various videos he saw showed bodies left dead in the hallways of a hospital, multiple people falling over into the street, unconscious from standing in a telephone call of a doctor freaking out as he claims the director of the hospital fled, but he is left to work. Have you heard anything about... What's going on that uh, is is beyond the reach of most of the media? Yes, uh, I understand that there uh, is, there is one specific key, uh, key opinion leader that you can find on 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 uh, YouTube uh, that uh, has been sort of streaming from from Wuhan. I, I think is using a VPN, uh, and he has this this footage he actually goes to these these hospitals and actually films what is uh, going on inside and outside and it is fairly common i think to see uh people on oxygen tanks so they are you know breathing more than normal oxygen uh, uh they some people appear to be unconscious and there are in fact actually people 
who who basically have have died waiting for healthcare. So just from that limited sample, uh, I would say that it is a very prevalent uh, issue. Uh, but besides that, for the people who aren't in the hospitals, uh, life is uh, basically extremely isolated because basically the uh, transportation has been has been limited uh, by the the government policy uh, and every i would say neighborhood is only allowed to have certain vehicles and these vehicles are basically the life lifeline or lifeblood of the of, of that community uh, so they're constantly firing uh, supplies daily necessities etc but also the uh, the sick people uh, to to hospitals. Now the problem is is that that's not nearly enough uh, transportation. So actually, a lot of people are are sick at home, and there's and therefore it is basically impossible to get accurate statistics on who how many people are sick, you know, what degree of sickness are they in, uh, and so. Even if they try to to get these accurate statistics, I'm not sure they would be able to because uh, the situation is very chaotic. Um, the transportation networks are more or less down. Um, and uh, most people, I think, are, I would say, rationally uh, not not venturing outside and meeting anyone. Yeah. So now, to, sorry, just uh, help. There's... A couple of things that have come together that have made it even more unpleasant or, or risky, of course. And it's so weird to think that I was in Hong Kong just a couple of weeks before this all began to to emerge. But help people understand, if you could, the issue of the Chinese New Year, the amount of travel that, that's going on. And also the Wuhan mayor who claimed that about five million people had left the city before the quarantine came down. Yes. So it all started uh, actually before Chinese New Year. So before that, they were in a full, I would say, containment. Well, they, they weren't really containment mode, but they were trying to lie their way through it. So there were no accurate statistics. I think the WHO had, had no idea about it. Uh, uh, and at the same time, the whole goal, I think, was to sort of bury this, this issue and hope it would just go away. Uh, and... Basically, by doing that, they actually exacerbated the, the whole situation. But specifically, w what they wanted to do before Chinese New Year was to make sure that the Chinese New Year uh, uh, migration, uh, which uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with China, is, I think, one of the largest human migrations in, in the entire world. Uh, so... Basically, it's somewhat equivalent to Thanksgiving, but I think even more, I mean, certainly more people <laughs> and more of an impetus to move. Yes. So China, uh, predominantly, I would say the industries are are very centralized in some major cities and most people work there. However, most of these people are not from these cities. So in effect, they are migrant workers. So Chinese New Year is the only time they can actually go out of these their their uh, workplaces in these major cities, go back to their their towns and and uh, villages and and in 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 more far away uh, regions and actually uh, spend time with family. Like that's the only time they actually get to to sit around 
the the dinner table and 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 uh, behave as a family. So it's it's uh, it's a very precious time, and basically all the efforts were taken to try and not disrupt this. But uh, of course, you know, viruses uh, spread uh, as a result. They spread especially quickly in crowds, and so this this migration because it was not really halted uh, until it was too late. Uh, so people basically had their tickets booked and etc. Et they were, you know, just uh, traveling uh, well, 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 they were already traveling well, well before uh, any actually banned. Well, I don't think they really banned it until it was very, very late. Uh, but they eventually they did start telling people not to travel. Uh, to actually celebrate Chinese New Year uh, uh, in place. So just, you know, do a social media call uh, with your family and, and stay safe. But yeah, so they basically did not want to disrupt the status quo and and be, and be the, uh, you know, the, uh, the person or the bureaucrat who drops the ball. <laughs> so uh, they wanted things to the music to keep keep playing the dancing to to continue uh yeah <laughs> so well, it's uh it's part of the chinese culture that i talked about in the documentary hong kong fight for freedom that nobody wants to bring the bad news to the emperor so to speak and yes. uh this idea that there's a shoot the messenger aspect to chinese culture that does i think cripple them in in trying to deal with these kinds of major issues Yes, absolutely. I, I, I'm not sure if Machiavellianism would be a like a reasonable word to use, but uh, I would say that Chinese culture or organizational culture prioritizes the the human relations uh, over the uh, actual facts of of uh, of empirical reality. So, uh, what that means is that it's an organization is a game. So. Within the Communist Party or within the the government structure, it is a game to to rise in the hierarchy, uh, uh, not necessarily based on excellence, but but based on uh, what you can get away with, <laughs> basically. Right. So uh, the the uh, civilians, the people outside government, are ultimately the the uh, the losers of the game every time. So. Uh, it's, I would say, not just the uh, epidemics. I mean, there's also the economic bubbles. There's the housing bubbles. Uh, there was, uh, I think, uh, quite a, it was a few years ago, there was a peer-to-peer lending uh, bubble where a lot of people, uh, very, I think, entrepreneurial people and uh, investors lost lost their money. <laughs> so it's, um, I would say it's it's just part of, culture it's very deeply ingrained and uh, i think that is ultimately the the issue that that we we need to to tackle so yeah. let, let's talk about two two other things that are, are key to this the first is that boy you know there's nothing like a pandemic to teach you what the word exponential means right because yes. looking at the number of confirmed and reported cases uh it took six months for sorrows to go over five thousand but uh, they've they've gone to 5,000 in a month. And I think it's faster than that myself because, I mean, the first were very, very small numbers. But 
So there's the exponential growth, which, uh, as we all know, given transmission rates and travel and 5 million people leaving Wuhan before the, the barriers came down, so to speak, that is a massive spread. And the other is this incredibly wide disparity in reports of the death rate of coronavirus, mm. which I've heard anywhere from 2% to, well, I mean, I don't even want to say how high I've heard because it just seems too ludicrous. But as far as that exponential stuff goes, I just I mean, wanted to sort of jam it in here because if you look at the numbers, man, it's just hitting the roof. And I mean, it makes yes. American debt numbers look conservative. What have you heard about fatality rates? Because that's all over the map from what I can hear. Uh, as you've uh, mentioned, uh, there are uh, huge, widely varying uh, estimates of the fatality rates. Uh, but uh, I, at the same time, uh, I would say that it is uh, quite a complicated issue to actually to uh, tally that uh, because there are, I think, many healthcare systems in China that are, I think, in quite a, a significant chaos. Uh, that's not including the you know the the bureaucracy that that wants to maintain this uh, a semblance of uh, of um, normality by by you know trying to hide that exponential growth. So they for a time they were trying to actually add add like maybe two hundred a day, and then slowly that went up oh to to I think four hundred. So they were trying to scale that up like in a in a in a planned manner in a, they want to do it in arithmetic uh, progression instead of exponential one uh, so but i would say that what i have i have heard about fatality is is there's a lot of um people who are actually not really tested because they have very limited number of testing kits so in order to say that someone died of the Ankov uh, virus, uh, they would need to be first be uh, tested positive for for that virus, and to be tested positive, you know, they they need to be tested first. But I think they have a lack uh, of of those testing kits, um, and uh, basically that really, I would say it is like one way of gaming the figures. You know, I, of of course, I'm not sure about you know the how the availability of those testing kits uh, uh the current situation there is but it's what i can see is that there's too few kits and so fewer people are being tested positive so there are fewer confirmed cases so there are fewer confirmed fatalities when in reality i think there are a lot of these people who are actually dying at home uh they are or uh or on the street or or waiting in line at the hospital, and and uh, but they haven't been tested before. So, so they wouldn't be so, count. I mean, if you die from home, I mean, let's say because one of the big uh, problems with the Wuhan coronavirus is it's leading to this type of pneumonia, and the pneumonia, pneumonia, of course, particularly for elder people or people with uh, comorbidities like other health yes. problems. Uh, you say, oh well, they were killed by the pneumonia, and of course, you you will uh, dispose of the body through cremation or burial, and it won't go through the testing, and so it's not going to show up in those numbers and uh yes. that is uh i mean that's kind of chilling as well that you do need that confirmation and the testing kit uh, availability is, is so limited yes 
actually there to sort of overcome that i think some people have suggested or actually and there are figures to back that uh that let's count the uh number of of, of bodies going through funeral homes and let's and let's count those that are going to the crematoriums so and and you would compare the delta between the the normal rate for this type of year and you would assume that any delta is probably related to the coronavirus yes yes okay. and the results of that is is that it is far exceeding the the normal uh from what i've heard uh the uh, the funeral homes are actually uh they don't have enough vehicles to actually transport the bodies so they are actually uh, bringing in uh, vehicles uh, from other uh, uh regions in in into into the uh, effect, severely affected regions to actually try and deal with the uh, transportation problem. And the uh, crematoriums are also uh, working 24-7 um, to, uh, to, to, to deal with this epidemic because uh, there is an official policy that all uh, of these, these bodies uh, that uh, have been suspected of to have died of uh, this this uh, viral cause uh, need to be burned. Yeah, right. Now, even compared to SARS, which only killed about eight hundred people. I mean, you say only like it's not a tragedy for those eight hundred. Well, I do, and of course it is. <laughs> but in terms mm-hmm. of the overall numbers, uh, the um, uh, the connectivity in terms of transportation and the economic sort of interlinks between China and other countries is far greater now than it was, uh, I guess, in SARS, which is coming on for 20 years ago, 2003, so 17 years ago or so. And that, of course, is the big concern is how interconnected we all are. Now, let's talk about what the countries around China are doing. Mongolia, uh, Russia, other other countries are, are seem to be acting very decisively in a way that the Western countries just aren't, and, and Hong Kong, of course, as well. Yes, uh, it, I would say that for uh, Mongolia, I think they're, and, and Russia, I would say they're, uh, while they are close neighbors of China, um, I wouldn't say that they are totally reliable allies. Like they are more of uh, friends with benefits, <laughs> if, <laughs> if I can put it that way. So, so they are, they are um, basically, they have some alliance, but ultimately it's about self-interest. Uh, they, the power bases, I think, are based on fundamentally different things. I think Russia is fundamentally based on the natural resources, or China is based on some other things. But they, so yeah. Basically, I think that sort of allows them or they, they, they set the relationship up with China so that it is not entangling, so that they're not really you know owing China anything. Uh, in the extreme opposite, actually, we can look at Cambodia. And Cambodia is, uh, well, I, I wouldn't call it uh, Cambodia a China ally because I would say that they... Uh, I understand that they uh, borrowed a lot of money from China, and China has a lot of uh, project investments in in Cambodia. So, in effect, I would almost call it a colony. <laughs> so, um, they uh, have, I think, they have declared that they will not uh, quarantine a- anyone from China. They will continue all flights and transportation from China as as normal. They have vowed to actually ban the wearing of masks in public, and uh, they have also blasted uh, all the what they call the misinformation about this 
this N called virus. So I would say that this is perhaps one of the most uh, you know, extreme uh, uh, acceptance of, 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 of the virus, uh, accepting responses out there. Um, but you also have a lot of uh, other uh, nations which are somewhat in the middle. I think uh, Singapore, uh, if I recall, they actually uh, turned back uh, some some flights from from China. But at the same time, they're they're saying that well, we will I think handle it on a case by case basis and not actually ban uh, outright ban things uh, uh, transportation from from China. So I would say. In my opinion, this is uh, very dangerous uh, for them uh, because just looking at what, uh, just looking at the virus spread within China, um, we can see that if you don't have strong borders, the the people will well. What what do people in an infected area generally do? They 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 try to get out of there. They they try to stay away from the crowds. They try to stay away from the danger. Obviously, they they want to go somewhere where you know they can be treated and if they you know have some preliminary symptoms and they they know that they they have the virus they want to seek better treatment which is one of the reasons why uh, hong kong actually had has uh, quite a few uh, imported cases uh from from uh, wuhan and and uh, uh other affected regions so talking back about the closer to home, uh, Hong Kong. Uh, Hong Kong is, uh, you know, it's not a nation. We don't, well, we, we have border controls. Uh, we have uh, a passport uh, identity card controls, but uh, ultimately it's, uh, the Hong Kong government is sort of waiting for for China or it's, or China is, is sort of uh, waiting for, to see what Hong Kong does you know, with specific relation to to its uh, uh, to their this local policy, and they have actually sealed off uh, certain um, uh, uh, border crossings, but that doesn't really mean anything because you can still get across as long as you you maybe wait in line for a bit longer. Hmm. So basically, it, it does not really matter. So uh, I would say it was a kind of. Uh, uh, a linguistic um, uh, game, so there was they're trying to play with language to make it seem like it was oh we've we've sealed most of the border when in fact actually it does not really diminish the number of people and the and actually decrease the probability of uh, of uh, infections uh, uh, coming into Hong Kong, so. I would say that pe- people in general are are quite disappointed about that, but at the same time, we we had to make a push for that. I I, I think it was a great uh, opportunity to to actually unite uh, the uh, the yellow camp and the blue camp. Uh, so so the the yellows are the more uh, pro. I think. People call them more pro democracy, and the blues are more of the uh, pro pro Beijing government uh, camps. And actually, they are, I would say, somewhat united on on uh, certain issues. Now, um, for example, we had one uh, case where the government was uh, trying to uh, near the Chinese border uh, use uh, 
some of these uh, recently completed uh, uh, government estate buildings to to uh, and turn them into quarantine centers. But obviously, you know, there's this phenomenon called not in my backyard. And so uh, actually um, some, I would say, relatively pro-government people actually started up some some uh, roadblocks uh, to to actually prevent that from happening. And actually then you know, some uh, some young people uh, who I think self-identified as as uh, yellow uh joined in and and so they they started to block the roads together <laughs> so it's it's uh it's a very interesting situation right now i i, I think uh the this this a uh, common enemy i think has has helped unite uh, on certain issues but i think ultimately the uh, the differences in in, in principle uh, uh still still uh are still there um because um, for example, uh, there is still some issues that they differ on, which is the, um, the medical worker strike. So in Hong Kong, healthcare workers were trying to uh, organize strikes, and they actually got uh, quite successfully uh, about 3,000-something uh, people of healthcare workers to actually uh, sign when up. When was that? Yes. So I, I would say this was uh, in in the past week. Yes, in in the past week. So Hong Kong people were tr- were trying to push the government to close the border uh, with with China to because that is basically the only way to surefire way to actually prevent the the infection from coming in. So um, part of the key part of that uh, effort was the medical workers uh, unions, which uh, uh, organized together and and uh, suggested what well, and basically threatened to go on strike if uh, the borders were not closed uh, uh, by I think twenty uh, second of uh, or twenty something of, of of January. So, but. Um, so actually, what really happened, uh, looking back, was uh, some uh, hospitals had some uh, st- uh, staff uh, of certain departments, such as the uh, the uh, respiratory, uh, I think, uh, pulmonary department of of uh, Queen Mary Hospital. Uh, they actually collectively took sick leave for a day. So. You you had some of these things go on, but uh, I would say so far it hasn't been a, like a, a massive effort to 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 push for it because uh, it is I would say uh, somewhat I think people consider it somewhat late now because mm. you know if if you close close the border after uh, thousands of of uh, potentially infected people come in you know it's a bit late because they are already in neighborhoods they are they are they could already be spreading the virus so so uh, i would say we are sort of uh, considering the uh, next steps uh, of, of of what to do about this sorry yeah. let me just uh, jump in for, for one last sure. comment and question so just some things popped up. Uh, Russia has closed its border. Uh, of course, got a massive land border with China. 
this closure affects the movement of people, not goods. So it's still possible to fly to China, but the foreign ministry has warned Russians to refrain from non-essential travel to the country. Russia has reported no cases of the virus. Hong Kong warns of surgical mask shortage. The U.S. is planning another Wuhan evacuation flight. India and Philippines have reported the first virus cases. And um, what I found to be quite interesting and, and rather terrifying is that the um, we were talking, I mean, just a few minutes ago about five thousand cases but as of this morning it's over 7700 and that's how much it's grown in a in a day or two and that's really quite astonishing so the last thing i wanted to ask you is we've seen on on twitter other places we've seen people being bolted into their own homes uh, in in china and you know opening the door to find that they have this giant steel bar across their door have you heard anything about that? Is is that a response? I don't think it would be legally possible in Hong Kong. Not that I would really know for sure, but what are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, I personally have not heard much about that, uh, but I, I will say that uh, much more extreme things have happened. Uh, I think there was a a video circulating around about uh, actually someone actually getting uh, knifed on the street uh, because that person was supposedly from Wuhan. Um, in Hong Kong, there has actually been uh, someone who was uh, uh, a CEO. It's like, it's like a, I would say, vigilantism. So, so I think someone got slashed on the neck uh, because um, that person was suspected to be from Wuhan. And, uh, and I think, I'm not sure if they had any symptoms, but yeah, they... There's uh, just this whole, um, uh, both in reality and in social media, the craze of actually catching these people. And, well, and sorry and, to interrupt uh, again, yeah. but just, I mean, the, the psychology sure. behind it to me is somewhat comprehensible, which doesn't excuse yes. it. But if your beloved grandmother just died of this virus and you believe that tra- people are traveling to your region selfishly against best practices of containing the outbreak, uh, I can understand that in your grief, in your fear, in your anger, that people could act out in very aggressive ways. Again, it doesn't justify it morally, but we can at least understand the the dominoes in people's minds that have them end up being that aggressive in the world. Indeed, indeed. Actually, uh, besides that, I ultimately that our anger still gets directed at the government. So, for example, um, in the past few days, uh, there have been some uh, Molotov cocktail uh, hit and runs uh, at some regional police stations in Hong Kong, uh, as well as at a certain police vehicle. So, and actually, the social media response uh, from from most people was that they were not not surprised, and actually, some people said, uh, "Well done." <laughs> so, I I would say that it's uh, people are are acting i think it's it's inexcusable but at the same time it's very comprehensive uh comprehensible and as for hong kong regarding quarantine uh absolutely the the government does have uh, authority under law to quarantine uh people suspected of having the virus so they have actually uh uh, sort of converted uh, many uh, holiday camps uh, actually into uh, basically containment 
know, quarantine facilities. So, um, yeah, pretty much. Um, I think that's that's the main issue. But actually, on on top of that, I think another major um, uh, issue, not just in Hong Kong but also in China, is is the shortage of masks. Now, in in China, actually, in many cities, you are legally uh, obligated to uh, wear a mask. Uh, if you don't, you can get arrested uh, and 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 fined. Now, in in Hong Kong, uh, we have a massive uh, a shortage of masks. I think n- almost nobody really has has enough masks to to last through February. Uh, but at the same time, as you can see from the statistics, the the uh, the number of infected is is expected to to rise uh, exponentially, so there is a great sense of desperation here. Uh, there uh, there are, there are overnight queues uh, outside major uh, health uh, health and uh, wellness stores uh, that that uh, put out Facebook posts uh, uh, for, uh, stating that they may have face masks uh, available for sale the next morning. So. It's it's infuriating. Uh, I personally actually do also do not have uh, uh, many masks. Uh, I don't have enough to to last through February. So, how long? Uh, uh, how long a day? Yes. Uh, how many days can you wear the masks? Yes. So, uh, I I have heard different figures, but at this, uh, I I would say that no, um, I need at least one mask a day. So so that's like the bare minimum. So unless I don't go out at all. Well, that's not really possible because I eventually I need to do do some shopping. I need to run errands, etc. So, I would say uh, one one mask per day um, is is very very uh, it's kind of rationing already because you're not supposed to rewear them. Um, actually, uh, speaking rewearing um, or recycling the mask, there have been many. Uh, uh, videos circulating uh, of actually people uh, collecting these these masks from uh, from garbage cans and actually uh, I don't know supposedly sanitizing in them in some way and then actually reselling them uh, and repackaged of course so there's there's a huge problem of uh, fake masks uh, uh, uncertified masks and uh, uh, masks of questionable origin uh, that uh, actually there were there was this one uh, a box, I think, uh, that actually had an expiry date. Uh, well, no, a um, what do you call that? A a production date um, uh, in uh, March of of 2020. So, so <laughs> there's a uh, a lot of uh, actually quite obvious uh, and poorly made fakes out there as well. So it's it's a risky business just just trying to get a mask that that is you know that you know will protect you and at right. the same time actually speaking of masks there is uh, at least three to four levels that i think everybody should know about so there's like a ASTM level uh, uh, that basically measures the the amount of aerosol that it can it can it can uh, you know protect you from so it, there's a ASTM level 1 2 and 3 uh, and uh, I think according to the WHO, uh, I'll need to pull out the guidelines. Um, they t- recommend that you wear a level two or or, th- or above. So level two, three, or a uh, or a respirator, like such as the N95, 
a respirator. So obviously those are, to be honest, out of the question for the mass vast majority of the population because we don't really have enough mass to go around in the first place. So um, it remains to be seen how this, this will be resolved. And it is definitely a developing story that I'm not sure is, is capturing that much attention outside uh, of, of Hong Kong. But I do understand that uh, Amazon.us uh, has also had, um, is also um, kind of out of stock for these, these uh, protective equipment. Um, especially the uh, the higher grade uh, uh, masks. Yeah. Well, and of course, when um, when economic activity gets interrupted by this kind of stuff, you have a high demand and a, a lower supply, which does, of course, generally involve cheating. Well, listen, I, I really, really appreciate your your time today to to get us up to speed on what is going on. We kind of have to drill past, I think, some of the obfuscation of the mainstream media that sure. uh, is, is uh, well, has various incentives. And boy, it's really, really wild to see. You can almost see the countries that are beholden to China based upon their responses to this kind of outbreak, those who can act decisively to protect their own population versus those who just seem to be throwing the doors wide to all infections that, that could come their way. But uh, obviously, please, please keep me posted about uh, any changes in your health. I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that there's uh, an infection in the building. That's, uh, that's bad luck, uh, of course. And, and I really, really do appreciate your time. Please, please keep me posted. Stay safe as best you can. And if there's anything I can do to help, please let me know. Sure, Seth. Thank you, Steph. Yeah, we yes. are uh, sourcing masks from uh, actually all over the world. Uh, we've got some orders uh, going to Germany, but I, I'm the thing is we're not sure if they will ship like successfully. So yeah, it's it's a developing story, and I definitely will keep you posted on that. Thank yeah. you, my friend. Thank Stay you. safe. You too.